Welcome to Chiropractical. I'm your host, Mike Whitmer, and we're doing something a bit different this episode. Today, we're thinking about the future of chiropractic. Recently, we had our student ambassadors visit us here in Des Moines. We had a great time getting to know these newbies to the profession. We heard about their experiences as students and felt their excitement about their futures and the future of chiropractic. Mandy Swanson, NCMIC's Student Engagement Coordinator, spoke to five doctors to tackle five of the students' biggest questions. Mandy, before we delve into the students' questions, please tell us a little bit about NCMIC's Student Ambassador Program. Thanks for asking, Mike. The NCMIC Student Ambassador Program was created for students on college campuses to share NCMIC's resources. On campus, we have a junior ambassador and a senior ambassador. The junior ambassador is outside of their first year of college, and the senior ambassador is within their last year of college. Together, they work to share the resources on campus at different campus events. Thanks, Mandy. If our listeners want more information on NCMIC's student programs, check out the show notes posted with this episode. I'm betting everybody listening, no matter their level of experience, will find something valuable in the questions and their answers. So with that, Mandy, take it away. Eric asked our first question, what should I be doing in the last year of school to set myself up for success upon graduation? We've invited Dr. Edgar Everett with Evoke Chiropractic Coaching to tackle this question. I think that list can can get pretty lengthy, but I think one of the things that can really solve that problem of all the things that are on the list is really simple. It is visiting at least 15 offices before you graduate. And the reason for that is because I think it's important for students to get a really clear picture of what it is they want to do when they graduate, whether they want to be an independent contractor, associate or open their own practice and then what style. Right, how they want to do it, what type of practice they want to open, how many people they want to see, technique and cash and insurance and all of that stuff. You can get a really good feel for that by visiting a number of offices and asking all the right questions. And visiting the right offices is really important. Kind of vetting as a student, vetting the doctors that you're going to go visit, meaning are they near what I think I might want to be doing in practice and going to visit them and really just kind of hanging out and shadowing and asking a bunch of questions and um, doing all the research to really put together a clear vision of what it is that you want to create after school. Great. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Everett. Of course. Amy had a great question. How can I network with doctors I'd like to intern for and eventually work with? We asked Dr. Leah Dash, who is one of our first student ambassadors, to share her experience. Dr. Dash is with Alive Chiropractic and Rehabilitation. So this question is one that got me a lot of eyeballs when I was in school, mostly because it was in the midst of COVID and students were really just trying to get through doing kind of what they could control. And then I, always being the overachiever, (laughs) decided that I was going to try and meet as many different doctors as possible, um, regardless of their specialty. So I shadowed anyone who would take me. So especially during that climate where many people were shutting down their offices, I even shadowed MDs. So I was told no, a lot of doors shut in my face, but I just kept reaching out. So I drove around usually about an hour radius from where I lived in Portland and would spend a day. And I'd say, can you take me? And I'd just see the way that they practice, the equipment they use, the EHRs they were using. And I wanted to absorb 
as much information as I could. And I found that most doctors were really receptive when you reach out politely, and especially chiropractors. We are probably the nicest of the doctors for some reason. It just happens that way. And most are excited to share their time and their knowledge with a student. And I really took advantage of that, especially during a time when most MDs told me no, a couple of naturopaths told me no. I got in with one large medical center that allowed me to spend one day shadowing as many as I could. And I got in and got out. But yeah, just reach out, ask questions, give them the entire day and try and take away as much as you can. And that's really how I ended up where I am now. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Dash. Thank you. Abby also had a good question. What should students consider if they want to be an associate? Dr. Ray Tuck of Tuck Clinic in Virginia has a lot of experience with this. What would you say, Dr. Tuck? Yeah, thanks, Mandy. I think the biggest thing that a student may want to look at is really identifying what their goals are for that associateship. And I'm talking about, do they want to improve their clinical skills? Do they want to improve their business acumen so they can be more successful when one day they perhaps have their own practice? Is it money? Really, in other words, how much they would get compensated and potential compensation. So it's, I think really for the student looking for an associateship, they need to decide exactly or get some clarity on what they want And then a companion to that would be asking some great questions during your interview to make sure you understand what the hiring doctor is looking for. Because the important thing when you're trying to do any kind of relationship, whether it's an employment relationship or any other, you want to make sure that there's pretty good clarity between the doctor joining the practice as well. And some examples of that may be, or some questions that the students may be able to ask are, one, are you looking at expanding your practice so you can serve more folks in your community? In other words, grow the practice. Are you looking at transitioning out of your practice? Maybe you just want to work a little bit less. And so that way, the student doctor or the doctor that is applying for an associateship has the ability to understand, yeah, I can step in that role or not. But the important thing is that the hiring doctor, as well as the prospective doctor or the doctor that is looking for a job, have a good match there. I will tell you, as an interviewee, note that some of the doctors may not have full clarity of that on themselves. So I think part of your, when you're getting interviewed, you want to really ask those poignant questions to make sure that it's a good fit. The worst thing that I've seen over the years, whether it's in our group or across the board, is when there were certain expectations when they came in and then those expectations weren't met from either side. So hopefully that can help folks as they look for a great associateship for themselves. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Tuck. Thank you. Hannah says, when should I start planning and how soon should I start making business decisions if I'm going to open my own practice? Dr. Stephanie Johnson of SC Chiropractic has some great advice. When it comes to business decisions prior to graduation, you want to consider two things. One, how much time might this project take? And two, will this cost a lot of money? Now, one of the first things to consider where to start, you might want to know where you're going to be practicing, what state and what city. And once you know this, you can start deciding on a business name. And once you figure out a business name, you need to see if it's available. Because if it's not available, you're going to need to spend some time deciding what else you may want to call your business. 
once you have this, I would recommend incorporating this so it becomes yours and nobody else can take it. You can create an LLC or incorporate your business in some type of organization that you would like. And then go ahead and get your tax ID number through the IRS website. Once this is complete, I would recommend to start working on your logo. This you will probably want to spend some time brainstorming and really deciding, is this the logo that you want for your practice? And that can take some time. Now, what if you aren't ready to start working on that business aspect? What if you don't know where you're going to practice, you're going to want to have your own practice? Then I would recommend to start looking at active care plans for your patients. When your patients are coming to see you, not only will you be treating them in your office, but you want to give them tools at home so they can start improving in between the visits. Now, these active care plans are going to include stretches and exercises that you can either choose from a pre-generated protocol that you may need to purchase. You can look through YouTube and compile a series of exercises you might find helpful for your patients. But this all takes time and to do this homework now before you see your patients is really going to speed up the process once you're super busy in your practice and you'd want to give them active care plans. But if you're busy, it's really hard to give them the best element of that type of care. Another project that doesn't necessarily cost a lot but can be time consuming is networking with other health professionals in your area. Not only would you like these health professionals to be referring you patients, but when patients come to you and they ask, do you have a physical therapist you recommend? Do you have a neurosurgeon you recommend, a massage therapist or a personal trainer? You want to be able to give them a solid and referred source as opposed to saying, I don't know, look on Google. It would be great to give them a warm referral. Now, networking with these health professionals, you can work on inviting them out to coffee, send them a letter, see who you might resonate with. And you might network with somebody who you don't resonate with, and you will know that, and you don't ever have to refer to them, but you won't know this until you do your homework and really start meeting these other health professionals. Another project that could be a little costly, but is still very important for planning your business is creating your website. So first you need to figure out your website domain name. So for myself, for example, SJ Chiropractic, that website domain name was taken. So I found S Johnson Chiropractic, and that was just fine. And I was happy with that. I bought that domain name. And then I worked on building the website. Now, building the website, you can either hire someone to do that for you, or you can work on it yourself. If you work on it yourself, it's time consuming. If you hire somebody else, that can be a little bit costly. I didn't really have much money to spare when I started up, so I worked on it myself. Time consuming, but it was very worthwhile. One thing I would always recommend with your website is to have online scheduling. It will save you time and it will save you money. Another project to start working on that can be a little bit time consuming and isn't costly upfront is to do your homework in researching EHRs, different electronic healthcare record systems. There are a variety of them. They are expensive when you purchase them, which is why you want to do the homework. But you can learn about them by going to the expos at different conferences. You finally have a reason to talk to those vendors that aren't giving away freebies other than candy, right? But it will be useful to know what they have to say about their product. And then talking to other chiropractors about the electronic health record systems they have. What do they love? What do they not love? What do they wish they had? They'll give you the truth about how much they love or don't love their system. There's also the equipment you want for your office. What equipment do you want and where are you going to get this? Different companies will have sales at different times of the year, maybe Labor Day, maybe Memorial Day, or maybe Black Friday is the best day to do your shopping. But look throughout the year at the best times to make these purchases and look to see if they have deals for new grads. Some companies really do offer help for new grads who are looking to open their business. Another location to look when you want to purchase equipment is to look in the classifieds of your state association. 
chiropractors are retiring all the time and they need to sell their equipment. And it's not just going to go off Craigslist because nobody's really going to have a use for that chiropractic table except for chiropractors. Another topic to think about may not be highest on your list, the bank you want to do your business with. Not all banks are going to be as small business friendly. And so you want to see in terms of once you know where you're going to be practicing, do you want to work with a large bank or a small bank and ask them and see how they help small businesses and see if they're trying to lure you into extra costs that are really not necessary for you. And so this takes time. And again, this is homework and this is all research you can do prior to graduation, but to help you get yourself set up. So when you do have your license and you're ready to get going, you have these items marked off your checklist. One more thing I want to touch on is you want to work on building your business with other small businesses as well. So looking at the business networking community, you can go to your chamber of commerce and meet with other small business owners there. There's another organization called BNI, Business Networking International. There are usually several of these small chapters throughout a city. And within each chapter, there is only one health professional of that profession within the group. So you are not competing within the other members of the group. And the whole goal of that group is that you get to know the other professionals and then whoever you meet out in life and about, you would refer those health professionals to this person. So it's always a warm referral and they do the same for you. You talk about how you're helping with low back pain and with headaches and with shoulder issues. When they run into somebody with these issues, they'll be like, hey, you know what? I know of a really great chiropractor who you should go and see. So these organizations can be very helpful in developing business as well. I hope this helps. And finally, Aiden asks, I'm planning to open a practice. Who should be on my team and when should they be hired? We turn to Dr. Braxton Pulley of East Village Chiropractic for an answer. Good question. I recommend five different experts. One is going to be a commercial real estate agent. They are an individual that will help give you perspective as you're doing your demographic studies and exploring your potential market. You can start engaging with them as early as you would like to once you have an idea where you would like to go. And the advantage with a real estate agent, you do not pay them up front. They are paid a commission on whatever a property is purchased or leased. The second person is going to be your accountant. This person is crucial for managing your tax liabilities as well as your wealth growth as you get older and help you to maintain your business. This is a person also, as you are getting started, I would suggest engaging as a student. You can reach out to some of the smaller to mid-sized firms to ask them if they can work with you and give you a break on price while you're getting into practice because they recognize it. They want to see you as a long-term client. And if they help you early, you're going to stay with them longer. The third person would be a contract attorney. And this is absolutely important. Do not ever sign something that you're not fully aware of what it means. And this attorney will help guide you through the process of making sure you're covering your rear end, so to speak, and also making sure you're getting what you need. With the attorney, you're going to want to engage them after you have written your business plan. Because the more you're aware of what you need and where you're heading, the better your attorney can help you. If you don't have a good concept of that, you're going to have a tough time navigating the process with them. The fourth person would be a banker. This is an individual that will help you get funding for opening your business, purchasing, but also later in life, buying a car, buying a house, so on and so forth. So they will become an integral part of your overall career and personal livelihood. 
for bankers, I would suggest building that relationship early on. Again, as a student, if you have a bank in mind or a community in mind, you can start up a deposit there and establish a relationship with the bank and then take the time to get to know some of the different bankers in that process. Finally, you're going to need a risk management specialist. This is your insurance salesperson. And this would be likely more effective to start engaging with after you graduate and you have your license, because that's when you'll be needing to purchase these products and you'll need to have proof of your license to move forward with that. Thank you, Dr. Polly. Thanks, Mandy, for talking with our guests. Great information for our students and new doctor listeners. Mandy, there is one more thing that I'd like for you to explain. It's the NCMIC Bucks for Boards program. What is it and what do our listeners need to know about it? Thanks, Mike. The Bucks for Boards program is a quarterly award program where students can enter to win a $1,000 award. They can enter every calendar quarter and win every 18 months. Don't forget, you can also enter to win six months past your graduation date. So, Mandy, if I'm understanding correctly, this is a cash award. Do they need to use that cash for the registration fees for exams? Students can use the $1,000 cash award for whatever they need. Boards, tuition, housing, food, however they see fit to use it at that moment. All right. Thanks, Mandy. Sounds like a great program. I hope our listeners take advantage of it. Thank you. Great information that I'm sure will help a lot of the folks listening today. Before we go, check out the show notes of this episode. We've posted our guests' biographies, a link to our Starting Into Practice website, and a link to our Bucks for Boards program. If you're a student and interested in becoming a student ambassador, please send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard, please give us a rating or review to help others find chiropractical. Thanks for listening, folks, and talk soon. Thank you.